Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big 3 account in the universe, Big 3 News, a.k.a. Will, back with another edition of The Fourth Man. And we're happy to welcome on Mike Botticello from the No Chill Podcast today. I hope I didn't mispronunciate that, but how's it going? And we appreciate you coming on with such short notice. A for effort. It was short notice. You guys were great. You, uh, you, I know how that goes, and you gave me plenty of a heads up. Um, so it's it's Botticello is the correct enunciation for all, uh, all your Italian fans out there. Botticello <laughs> is sort of how my family adopted it as okay. Americans. Uh, my grand, my great grandfather immigrated with my grandfather from Italy. So uh, it's all good. Uh, whatever works for you. That's perfect. I definitely understand the uh, Italian last name thing as. My last name is Sigismond. Used to be Sigismondo. Grandfather came over here, dropped the O, and the rest is history there. So I definitely feel that. Well, we appreciate you coming on today. Uh, before we dive into it and jump into you know your backstory and what you're doing, I want to take care of a little housework here. Um, if you want to find the show on our social medias, it's at Fourth Band Pod, at Big Three News, and at A underscore Siggy. And if you want to watch the show on YouTube, it's youtubecom Fourth Man Pod. And for those of you listening on the Saturday afternoon on Dash Radio through the Nothing But Net channel, we appreciate you guys as always, whether you're a first-time listener or you're a regular listener. We always love uh, to hear the feedback from everybody on Dash Radio. So uh, now that we've got that taken care of, I want to start with your career a little bit, um, just in general, you know, kind of how you got started. Are you you said your family kind of immigrated from Italy, but were you born out West in California in LA or is that something that you later um, ventured out to as you kind of got your career going? Yeah, well, my family immigrated. It was my great grandfather. So it was in the forties. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I grew up in Connecticut actually. So that I, um, I, I immigrated to LA um, and I, uh, I wanted to work in sports media. So I had worked at ESPN there in Connecticut. And I said, if I really want to do this, I got to go into it, you know, in, with both feet. And I wanted to be in a big market. Obviously, LA is, you know, one of the biggest in the country. Uh, and I got in at Fox Sports. So I was there for 10 years. And um, I worked on my way up the ladder there, but also on all the studio shows. So NFL on Fox, MLB on Fox, NASCAR, UFC, and then FS1 launched, so it's Fox Fox Sports 1. So that got it into more total sports, 24-7 sports. And I was a basketball guy, as you guys know. Um, but sports, it's a, it's a calendar. So this time of year, obviously Super Bowl, you know, NFL playoffs, and then things will focus on the NBA. And then this year's calendar is way different. But then, you know, you have like the March Madness tournament, um, springtime turns to baseball. So you sort of just always roll with it. Um, but my true, my true, true love is basketball. So, um, so I got involved with, with, uh, more of the, the basketball, um, content when they had it, um, and worked with guys, man, over the, uh, Gary Payton was probably my favorite, uh, basketball guy to work with. Um, who else was there? Jim Jackson, um, man, who, uh, guys that come through there, um, 
were great. But but yeah, so then I, I left in 2016. And my my favorite thing to do to work with athletes like that, I think is the best thing. And um, you get more from them when it's something that they want to do. And then there's something that they're invested in. So uh, my background was as a producer. So then I was like, you know, what can we do with them? Like, here's how it works. Here's what, you know, they want to accomplish. And let's figure that out creatively. And uh, I got connected to, you're probably gonna ask me this. So I'll just get there. I got connected <laughs> to, to Gil through um, the complex show out of bounds. So that was, um, we did a season of that was, it was 2017, 18. Um, and then after that season, we said, well, so we can do, we were on a hiatus. We weren't sure if it was going to come back. So we did, we did a podcast, um, no chill podcast, as you guys know. Uh, and really like that just brought the best out of Gil, right? So, um, his mind, you know, his, his basketball intelligence, his perspective on players and the league and how things work and, you know, just keep, keeps it a hundred, you know, um, with plenty of character and personality. So. That's a bit of that backstory to bring it all to this. Yeah, I love to hear that. I mean, it sounds like uh, you went out there and you made it happen. You were able to connect with all these people. But I got to ask you initially about, uh, you know, meeting Gil. You know, what was your first impression of him? What was his first impression of you? And, you know, how was he about the idea when it came to podcasting? Like, was he all for it or is it more something that he kind of grew into and now really seems to love? Oh, yeah. I mean, the podcast was a little bit down the road. So when I first met him, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, he, he was um, surprisingly just very easygoing and easy to work with. Like, really, he was sort of new and working in the media space with the Complex show. Uh, and I was brought on to make it more sports centric. So I think he was welcome to that. But the real thing is he's a basketball guy. He doesn't really care about baseball or golf or whatever. Um, he's an incredible athlete, which is interesting, but, um, like he can pick up a baseball bat and hit a ball 400 feet, which is like, <laughs> dude, I That's wish, crazy. wish we that easy to everybody. Um, and, uh, and what we really honed in on was like, he, his knowledge of the, of, of the game is off the charts. So what, what else do you do with that? So that's really we focus on with the podcast. I mean, we have other people on and I mean, best example is we had Ice Cube on, right? And th that's a great story there. They had reached out, the big three had reached out about Gil. So do you guys know Justin Williams? Um, I'm personally not familiar with the name. Will might be. Justin Williams, I don't know. Maybe is, is he with the big three? Maybe I'm not, it's not clicking with me. Yeah, so big big three fans should definitely know who Justin Williams is. He's sort of the the, the man behind the curtain that runs the whole show. So I believe okay. his title is director of operations. But um, yeah, I mean, guy never sleeps, works you know around the clock, and and brings things together and makes sure things come together on the you know week to week basis during the season. Um, so uh, Justin and I actually worked together at Fox a long time ago, and then we got connected and. Uh, I was like, oh, we actually knew each other, right? And and so that's how I got connected to the big three. So therefore, I had kind of an inside track. So he reached out to me a, a year later when we actually started the podcast about Gil. He's like, well, Gil play. And I'm like, man, his knees just aren't right. That's why he actually had a short NBA career, you know? Like he had four knee surgeries in two years, you know? And um, he would if his body held up. So then... Um, Thomas Scott, also a guy every big three fan should know, uh, director of player personnel, 
um, life or lifer in the NBA. Obviously, his dad Byron, you know, part of the Showtime Lakers, um, but he works, you know, with players and, and on coaching staff. So that what brought him to the big three. Uh, so they said, what if, uh, would you guys want Ice Cube on your podcast? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, obviously. So we were going to have him on. And I, part of what I do is I put together a rundown and notes and, you know, research for what we're going to get into and put together like the topics and the theme of the show. And uh, so I was all prepared for the big three, obviously, how we put it together, his vision for it, and then his love for basketball as the uh, Laker fan and coming up in L.A., and on that episode, he actually talked about, you know, playing sports, you know, when he was a kid. Um, and then he just sort of brought it up. I don't know if you guys have the moment. Yeah, it was like, so we're just kind of sitting there talking about it. And uh, he's and Gil's like, yeah, I'm just going to say yes. And I was like, <laughs> have you even like, touched a basketball in a year? So so it was in the moment he was very enthused about it but then yeah it was a lot of work that he had to to put in to do to to get back to what he went to uh as a player you know at a high level and so then what about so i absolutely that was a question i was planning on asking how staged or how you know just instant was that moment of cube asking him to come on the podcast, you know, was that something that maybe you're like, all right, we're going to break this news on the podcast or if that was just, you know, in the spur of the moment. So I think that's awesome to hear that. It, it that was just very was in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, if I, I remember it was, it was the weekend, bef- the week before all-star weekend. So the episode came out before all-star weekend, it was in Charlotte that year. And, uh, yeah, I like landed in Charlotte and my phone was blowing up and it was like on ESPN and stuff like that or whatever. Like I saw it on TV. So, um, yeah, totally not planned. Uh, totally uh, on the spot. <laughs> that's so cool. And, and he came most, in, Ice Cube yeah. came in with gear and like a whole day. I was like, oh, oh man, he actually is. He's ready to, <laughs> to put on the full court press, if you will. Half court press. That's so cool. And that's like, I feel like the most Gilbert Arenas thing ever. Um, And, you know, to (laughs) touch sort of upon that, you know, so it was obviously a lot of hard work to get him to that playing point. But once he was actually playing in the big three, you know, what was his experience like in the league? What was that feedback that he was giving you? You know, was that, I don't want to say a regret or was he like, oh, I'm so happy to be back. Or was he like, oh, maybe I should have like waited a year to give this a real go. Uh, actually, no, I mean, it was all, it was all positive. Um, the, actually the crazy thing, and it was like the, I wish obviously c- people could have seen it was we actually, we've, we documented the enemies, what they were going through, uh, in their preparation. And we had a, a partnership with more sports in China and we did a docu follow series on the enemies. Um, and they were actually, working together as a team training and Gil was in great, great shape. I mean, he lost like all this weight, but he was just, and that helped him move better. Right. And he was just competing and they were actually playing. Do you guys know about the Rico Hines runs at UCLA? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were going there and they were working out with Rico as a team, but then also, you know, Harden was those guys, all those guys were playing in the summertime. It was like, uh, I'm trying to remember, but it was like Harden and, uh, Pascal Siakam and um, a lot of young kids to Kenny Martin Jr. and Cassius Stanley. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, they were all in that kind of shape to play with, you know, 
pros and young guys. Um, so the thing for Gil, when he got to the season season, he actually tore his meniscus in the fourth game. Hmm. So when they were in Oklahoma City, that was like the last time he could really play. So he, he was playing on a torn meniscus for their last three games. Jesus. Wow. So, I mean, that just sucks. So, and he had surgery, um, like, uh, September after the season. Okay. Well, I, I don't even know if I was uh, aware of that in the moment that Gil was playing on a torn meniscus. I know he was battling through injuries, but I don't know if it ever came out that it was a torn meniscus. So that's just, you know, crazy. No, nobody, nobody ever talked about that. Yeah. 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 No, no, um, we, he didn't, he just knew his knee was wrong and he got it examined after the season and he had surgery on it after the season. Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, um, you know, and then I guess from, from your perspective, you know, you're sort of in this and then you get sort of, you know, as his partner, as the co-host of this podcast, he says yes to it in the moment. So then you're, I guess you're like, okay, now we're, you know, going to now do our schedule around the big three season. What was that like sort of following him as sort of this, I would say you had a very interesting role, right? Because you were definitely with Gilbert Arenas you were definitely I would absolutely say part of the team but you were also kind of like a media member you know following them with this docu-series that you said you know what was your experience like that summer uh it was it was non-stop actually so I was doing another thing uh I'll get to that in a second but it was the experience was great you know because it was like all right we're gonna we're gonna do this thing we're gonna travel with the league um, and they're very involved in, you know, every, every player gets some sort of input and, you know, um, obviously Gil was one of the bigger names, Lamar Odom at, uh, initially up front, like that was really cool. Um, and the attention around the team was really cool. Um, but we were doing a podcast in each city an episode in each city was the plan. So that was kind of part of the, the deal. Um, and it was great exposure for the league too. So we'd have guys on like, Lamar or Deshaun Stevenson or um, Mari Stoudemire while we were traveling, right? Um, we got Antoine Jameson. That was actually the, the coolest one was the first week in Charlotte because we got Antoine Jameson um, and uh, uh, Brendan Hayward on oh, wow. in, in Charlotte because that's where they both live. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a, so it was a wizard reunion, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and people drove from DC to Charlotte to, to see it, which was, which is cool too. Um, but another thing that was, that was, I did not expect was Gil's thing was before a game, when he was in the NBA, he had to be to the arena before anybody else. So he had to have the arena completely to himself. So let's say that the first team bus gets there at 4 PM. He's got to be at the arena at 2 PM. (laughs) So no one can be on the court with him. He's like, it's, it's secluded and he gets through all his work and prep time. So he wanted, when we were there, me to arrange that at the big three arenas. And the big three is different because you had one game to the next game to the next game. So if you had the third game, it kind of, you know, like there, you had to wait for the other game to complete itself before it. But he would still go and get his shots up and get his feel for the arena and the lights um, and the court earlier in the, in the day. So I would have to go with him and you know, work them out. It was just me and him in the arena. And like even CBS would be setting up the cameras and people would still be filing in. But the big three didn't really expect that. No other player was doing that, you know? So it was also like, well, he's got to go with his team. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. He <laughs> wants to be there before everybody, even if it's games <laughs> later. And you, you said too. So that was cool. Um, and then the other yeah. thing I was doing was um, 
they, they had the show all about the big three. So um, they wanted me to do a feature on a player called Back on My Block. Mm -hmm. uh, Ice Cube loved the idea and it was more uh, attention to the players and the cities that they were in. It was about the concept. It was about the the place that made them as a player and the people behind their stories. So it was, it was really cool. And that was a great experience. So I was doing those as well. I'd usually fly in a day early and shoot them either a day before or stay a day later and do them after. That's awesome. So those check those really out. Cool those are really cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was, like I said, it was nonstop. It was, it was a great, it was a great experience a great summer. I was ready to do it again, obviously. Um, but you know, We'll see. We'll see what the next version of Big Three uh, looks like. Yeah, no, for sure. And one of the coolest things I think you guys did is you said you did a podcast in every city, but you actually, you guys did a podcast mid-game, <laughs> which I think might be the first time anyone's ever even attempted that. You know, I definitely guess was. what's the story it behind that? was. <laughs> yeah. Who, who, whose idea was that? Was the Big Three, like, did you have to get clearance through them? You know, what, what, what's the story behind that? Whose idea do you think it was? I'm going to say it's Gil's, Gil's idea. Yeah, definitely yeah. Gil. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I would have never thought, like, all right, you want me to, to do this while you're playing and interrupt your focus and your train of thought. So, yeah, of course, it was 100% his idea. And then I was like, I actually am not 100% sure this will work. But, you know, he was used to, if the NBA was on ESPN or a, uh, TNT or something, they would mic him up, right? So he was used to wearing a mic. Uh -huh. But it's totally different. We had an IFB in his ear and in my ear, and he's got to be able to hear me and talk to me. And the funny thing was people thought he was talking to them. So in the game, <laughs> like Mario Chalmers is guarding him, and he's like saying like, oh, yeah, he's not, like, he's not shit, no problem, don't worry about it. And Mario's like, who are you talking to? You're like talking to yourself? <laughs> and then I, meanwhile, was like where their bench was, there's a, a seat at the end of the bench, like behind the like diagonal to get last seat in the bench, right? And and next to me actually, Deshaun Stevenson was sitting there to watch, and nobody knew what I was doing, so they're like, "Who are you talking to?" And then like Gil would kind of look back at me sometimes, and Deshaun's like, "Are you talking to Gil right now?" And I'm like, "Yep, this is the podcast." And he's like, "That's <laughs> such a Gil thing to do." That's he's like, "That's so dope." But um, yeah, nobody had probably ever done that or has done that since. What was the feedback on that? I mean, like the reception on it. I mean, obviously that's that's a first time. I feel like that should have been made a bigger deal. Yeah, I mean, it, we did get, we did get some attention for that. You know, like I, I forget who picked it up, but let's say like Bleach Report or you know mm -hmm. USA Today or something like that. Um, so yeah, definitely. And to answer your question about the what was the the big threes reaction, they weren't. They were like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you talking about?" And I'm like, "No, you guys gonna play and be mic'd up." Um, so the, the only, they, and they were cool. Once they figured that out, they were like, this is really cool. You know, like, look what these guys are doing. Like kind of, this is the whole point of it. Like try things and like bring attention, you know, to, to us and you and all that. Um, but the funny thing was during a game in an arena, they play music so much like timeouts, mm -hmm. dead balls, like, so a lot of times we couldn't hear each other. It's like being in a club or something, you know, it's just like the music's so loud and we couldn't hear each other. So there's a lot of things we had to cut, you know, just for the sake of volume. I'm sure the, the editing process was, was a very difficult one, but that's kind of what I love about the big three is that they're so open and willing to try things. It's really a player empowered, powered league. And they're, they really have a lot of input on the league. Um, going back to the, the, 
back to my block sessions, uh, I found that really intriguing when you were when you were doing it uh, with Mike Taylor uh, was one of them. But who do you feel like you learned the most about or, you know, throughout that um, throughout that series? Uh, you know, everybody had their own story. So that mm -hmm. was everyone was different in that sense. Um, yeah, Mike was a great one because obviously like he's so energetic and really just like he has a he loves life man and and uh he's doing so much there in in wisconsin so you know that that's what it's all about where you're from you got to give back as a player you know because wherever the game takes you that's who made you so they're always going to be the most supportive of, of anyone or any place that you came from and wherever you go so mike was great um Carlos Arroyo was great. Like his whole world, but man, that guy has Miami on lock. He's a great <laughs> life. Um, so like he he was just so cool. And um, Miami obviously is a great place and kind of an underappreciated basketball city, you know. So yeah, um, that that opened my eyes a bit more about you know just what's going on down there. Um, it's not just all South Beach and parties, but you know. <laughs> it is pretty cool when you win championships with the heat like yeah you definitely you get invited to some cool parties and uh life is good so um yeah uh frank nitty is another guy like i think he's he's an incredible player first and foremost but just uh just an interesting guy and has so much to say and kind of all just well put together well spoken um and so cool and to go to the drew league with him and see him i think he put up like 40 the game that we were there so too. he actually i remember i don't think he played i don't think he started well i think he was like three for 12 or something like that and he ended up with 40 and just like i had seen him play before um and he's just really you know obviously like exciting and super bouncy as a player so fun to watch but yeah that was that was great that's so dope. I forgot so, that. Um, so many guys, like they all have great stories, man. They're, they're, yeah. They're... Well, I, I really forgot that uh, Frank was playing in the Drew League and the big three at the same time there, which is uh, crazy to even think about now how you transition and stuff. Um, I also want to just go back a little bit because we were talking about, we, you know, we're excited to see how the big three might be in, in comparison to how it used to be. Uh, this is something that Will and I have tried to figure out, speculate on. I mean, any type of big three player involved in some kind of podcast or Ice Cube involved and any kind of radio show talking about the big three, any any kind of information we can get, we're trying to figure out how it might play out. I just want to hear in your in your eyes, you know, what do you feel like would be maybe the best thing for the big three to do in, in this kind of environment? Or have you had any ideas of maybe how the big three could work uh, within everything going on? You're talking about pandemic related? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just with everything going on, we've seen obviously the NBA adjust and, and other leagues adjust as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember when everything was early on in the pandemic, it was the idea of a, a house and a reality show and a bubble. Yeah. And I was, for the big three, that's perfect because it's not a lot of guys on a team, not a lot of teams really compared to the NBA. So they could really pull that off. Mm -hmm. I just think it was early in the pandemic which people didn't really know what was going to happen and what to expect obviously the nba put together their bubble and you just think of how many teams and players and that the fact that they were disney world obviously you know would be one of the only ways to do it so anything could happen i think in 2021 i'd love for it to be back full scale and they travel and all that it probably makes the most sense to do to do a bubble sort of setup or a tournament kind of thing um, and that's what I've heard 
at, at the moment would happen. I think you guys maybe some of the some of the early speculation is that what it would be for this year. So, I mean, I, I'm a fan, so the show must go on. I think they got to figure it out one way or another. And I think, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. But, if, you know, you want everybody to be safe and you want the guys that, you know, want to play and um, are committed to it to be to be safe and be able to do it. And, I, and I've heard that, like, there's definitely a, still a, a good amount of interest and, um, you know, plenty of guys are ready for it. Well, that's why I want to gonna hoop whenever yeah. they whenever they can. That's why I wanted to ask you too. Like you, you know the guys a lot better than we do. You know, not just within enemies, but the league. Like, do you feel like a lot of people would be comfortable playing in a bubble environment? Well, I think it would be a, a shorter uh, schedule, so yes. that's not so bad. Um, yeah, I mean, the NBA bubble was what like four or five months. Yeah, yeah I remember like it kind of felt like forever, but then it also flew by. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I know like Joe so, played in a bubble once too. He played that TBT bubble. But I know some of these guys, you know, like we've heard Dwayne Wade talk about how he doesn't – he wouldn't want to play in a bubble. And, you know, some of these guys have, have played for so long, maybe they have other ventures they'd rather tend to than spend time in a bubble, you know, waiting for the big three games every week. Yeah. And so – but the thing about it is I feel like big three because it is three on three, it's half court. The recovery isn't the same that, you know, the, the um, turnaround doesn't have to be so long if you're, you know, like usually it's one uh, week apart between games. So, I mean, maybe they can get it done in three weeks, a whole season, Mm, including a championship. So that's cool. I mean, think of uh, some sort of hybrid of like the NCAA tournament, right? That, that goes on for good part of a month and then how the regular big three season is what 12 weeks or so so um Mm -hmm. so that's three months so maybe if you can yeah shorten that Hmm. like that idea yeah it's definitely an interesting idea that was one of the things um i know we talked about like i said if you want to make the season shorter just instead of one game a week you do you know multiple games a week but also, too, you know, you, I feel like it's just a balancing act between that. Like you said, the recovery time is good. But I feel like a lot of these guys, like you said, like if Gil, you know, hurts himself or a player hurts himself week three, you know, it's much less of a time to even think about, am I going to play on this injury? And I'm not. And especially with depending on, you know, the age of some of these players or, you know, what condition their knees or their ligaments or things like are in, it could have, you know, definitely an, a, an effect on some teams somewhere down the season but do you get the sense that guys are sort of you know I'm willing to whatever this looks like you know uh, or to, you know scheduling things like that like I'm gonna play for the big three or do you think we might see guys be like you know I'm gonna take this summer off and then I'll be back next year or they're like I'm only gonna play if it's once a week or something like that I mean I think to, to know the nature of a pro athlete that as long as they have time to factor it into their life, cause they got to prepare and they got to train and they got to get it yeah. in, you know, in the right headspace to where they're ready to compete and dedicate, you know, um, the schedule to it and the calendar to it. And, and a lot of guys, especially if they are a little bit older, they may have families and, and wife and kids, so they can't be away from their families. That was like the hardest thing about the bubble, right? Mm-hmm. So I think if you lay those things out, it's definitely doable um injuries are going to happen right so like that that's just part of sports but i think it's funny we're talking about a schedule like that seems to be the most important thing and it's so boring because it's a schedule but you know that 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 
is square one before you go anywhere. But I think then when guys know and it's go time and you and, and they're signed, they know what they signed up for, they're all in. That's just the mindset that you have. Like you, you, nothing else really matters, you know? Yeah. And I feel like we've been stuck on like that schedule part for so long because it is square one, you know, like we're, we're ready to move on to step two and step three, but like, we don't really know where to go until we have like that initial plan in place. And that's really been the hardest part. Um, I think the thing that I'm most looking forward to in the big three was the fact that they were about to have some rule changes within, you know, they were changing from basketball to a fireball three league. They had a few other rules in place that seemed really exciting, but I think, one of the, the cool things was that they were going to try to allow other athletes to play and come to their own combine and see if they could uh, then go to the big three combine and play. And one of those guys, I feel like that's been talked a lot in relation to the big three was Terrell Owens, T.O., um, who you guys actually had on your podcast recently. Was there ever any like inclination or conversation talking about the big three, maybe even like off camera, like, uh, you know, surrounding his interest or if he still had that same interest? <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, if you ask any player from another sport if they if they could play, say basketball, of course they're going to say yes. That's the mm -hmm. dream. So, <laughs> if you're an elite level athlete, yeah, I can go there and dominate too. Easier said than done. But To, yeah, I mean, physically, right? He's a physical freak. Um, so yes, he's, he would definitely be a guy that you, you throw his name into the ring and, you know, he probably would be up for the challenge. Um, I've known him for a few years now, actually. And, uh, I've known his background as a Hoover, uh, he mm -hmm. can legit hoop. Um, yeah. so it makes a lot of sense when you start to look around at guys from other sports that fit and whatever football players, in my opinion, generally aren't the best hoopers, mainly because they're just bulky, right? They're, you got to have yeah. more muscle mass to absorb hits or give hits. So basketball, you just got to be more agile, more fluid. So, um, but I'd rather be probably a football player on a basketball court than a basketball player on a football field. <laughs> you can sur you survive yeah. better on a basketball field. <laughs> transition. I'm just so very few guys, right? That if you put them, yeah, like they, if you, if they, if you put them on a, a football field that they would uh, not get their, <laughs> their head knocked off. No doubt. I'm just so fascinated by T.O., I think, because, you know, uh, I went to the same college as T.O. did. And so I feel like being in sports journalism throughout my collegiate career, you hear a lot about T.O. and uh, how great of a hooper he was. Obviously, we know what he can do on the football field. So that's one guy I feel like I'm always tied to, especially when it comes to other athletes that could potentially play in the big three. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Want to want to talk about the No Chill podcast a little bit because of all the great guests you've had on. You know, first off, congrats on 100 episodes. I know that's huge, and I thought that was a, a fun episode uh, with Thank Dwayne you. Wade there. Um, but I want to ask, like, you, you know, through 100 episodes, has there been a favorite episode of your podcast, or maybe even a favorite guest? Oh man, I mean, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of highlights for the fact that you like them in different ways, right? So doing a podcast during a live. <laughs> uh, game uh, at the big three is definitely a highlight being on the road. Um, and like even Jason Richardson was in Miami and, you know, hotels is very, uh, we, we had a whole floor in this um, um, 
like lounge area. So we made it work in that environment. Um, but you know, and then I, I think having star basketball, like KD was really cool. He asked Gil to come on. It wasn't like we had to really even chase him. Wow. Um, obviously John Wall was great because it was, there's been a few guys, John Wall, Karan Butler, um, Deshaun, Nick Young, obviously. So there's that Wizards reunion. Like, that's always a fun thing. Nick, obviously, that's a highlight, too, for different <laughs> reasons. Nick was almost like that story there is, like, you get those two together. I've been around those guys off camera enough to know how what happens. Um, but having them on sit down at a table, like, to, to give each other their full attention for an hour or so, which would turn into two hours, <laughs> um, but I just knew to like throw whatever notes you have out, out the window. Cause they're just going to do what they do. Um, so just <laughs> bring that all together. So, you know, that, that's another highlight and obviously like people love those and, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, uh, there, there's a lot of the, the, I think the, the key to it and my favorite part is the range. So it's like, if we're talking to star players, young prospects, um, and Gil having his son, Elijah on, I was like, this is very different, you know, um, cause that'll be something that they can both look back at, you know, 20 years from now. And that his son is a great, is a Hooper, by the way, great player so for dope. his age. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all of those things. And, and the point is we're never bored. You know, you get, you get different things to try out and ideas in your head, all sort of fits the same, uh, format and structure in a lot of ways, but, um, at the same token, you, you, you let it evolve. How do you as a professional, because this is really something that I'm interested in when I watch you guys, because I, I think it's a just a fantastic podcast that you guys have. It's one of my personal favorites. But so let's say if it's a lounge, right, and it's you, Gilbert Arenas, and then another, you know, you know, basketball player, specifically like a Kevin Durant or Dwayne Wade, there's this short, there's this sort of like unspoken brotherhood or like experiences that only Gil and that player have, you know, because they've had similar experiences, they've been in the league. So how do you as a professional prepare for you? Like, listen, like I'm good. I know I'm good at my job. I'm going to come prepared and like, I'm going to make sure that I'm absolutely like a factor in this conversation. And I'm going to, you know, making, you know, insightful questions and things like that and get the most out of these two individuals. But I also know that like, there's only things that Gil is going to relate to them, you know, and there's only going to be experiences that they're going to be able to share and relate on. How, how do you prepare for that? How do you balance that as, as a professional? I mean, really, my my approach to it for since day one has always been I'm going to set the table mm -hmm. because really the function of it is it's not a two man show like like Matt and Steven or Q and Darius. It's Gilbert Arenas. So my job really is to serve, give him the lob, like serve him up and let him whatever's in his head, bring that out and also pick up things like, okay, you said this, let's follow up on that or let's bring that out more. And I think when you're in that space of getting guys with that, you know, background and that relationship, like him and D Wade have, man, I've pushing like 15, 20 years of time together. So it's like, you guys know each other better than, than I do. So you're going to let each other, you know, uh, tell each other stories and bring out the most of each other. So it's just recognizing on, those things and keying on it um, to where you're you're thinking what would people want to hear um, and what are they saying that is really interesting there's a lot there so keeping that thing uh, you know constant and fluid and really what we do before is uh, you know in my mind I, I, I research and read other interviews or watch watch interviews and you know 
prep notes that way and pick themes. So if I say I could get an hour with Dwight Howard, what are we going to talk about? And I, and I ask Gil those things. And a lot of times really how it works is I put together um, the topics and then we, we tackle those, but the theme is always, you know, one specific thing that we could really just go on for an hour or two, almost like you could, you can never stop talking about it. It's like, there's so much to that theme. That's awesome. So you're trying you're bringing the structure or you're bringing the chill to the no chill podcast, essentially. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Am I the chill guy? I don't I, I guess so. The structure is the fact that it's, it's like, it's a, no, I like it. I'm no, going to use that. Uh, no, the structure is like, it's that it's, it isn't a structure. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, there's a purpose to it. And like I said, a theme, but we're going to let this go where it goes. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we can't say that we don't plan it because we for sure do. So. Yeah, honestly, I was just throwing in something corny there. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's my thing on this show. So. <laughs> But um, I'm a fan of dad jokes, so I, I, I'm with you on it. <laughs> oh, that's some, that's a, that could be a theme that Anthony talks about for about you know <laughs> however long, yeah. just dad jokes and things like that. Dad that's joke funny. improv, working into the show, having <laughs> <laughs> its own segment. Hundred um, percent. Well, I guess really just want to cap it off here with you know what are kind of some of your other ventures right now that you're doing outside of the No Chill podcast and. Is there anything that um, you'd like to plug that maybe our listeners should know about and how they can find it? No, I mean, I'm, I'm going to plug you guys. I think what you guys are doing, I wanted to, I wanted to give it a second on that. I mean, um, I think what you guys do are great for not only for the big three, but for the game of basketball and just fans out there to know that you can watch the game uh, and be a fan of it and then speak on it. You know, like I, that's what I always used to watch basketball or watch sports in general. And in my mind, just like rank it and like who's doing what. And just, I don't know, like in my, I have a, my own like website in my brain of what I'm into. And I, I think that's what it's all about because, you know, we all watch it for different reasons and different motivations, but then to do something like what you guys do, um, you know, with the fourth man is just, it is that you're, you're coming together as fans to examine something that you're passionate about and something that you love. So, so that's what I'm going to plug. I'm going to plug that and, you know, no chill. Wow. Thank you guys for Appreciate the support that. there. And um, yeah, keep an eye on me for other projects that I got coming together. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the stuff like seeing you guys do this, I, I've been following for a while. I, um, and uh, you know, I, I know it's, it's people need to know it's not that easy. It's a lot of work and juggling and, you know, um, yeah, there's a lot that goes on, uh, behind the scenes to make it happen that um, you guys need to get some credit for. So, so props to you guys. Oh, well, we appreciate you. that. Yeah. I, I 100% appreciate that. I mean, I, I didn't expect you to say that. So that, that means a lot, especially coming from someone of your background and, and success that, that really does mean a lot. And I thank you for that. Um, and I know. think it's easy too, for us, you know, with, with the big three, I mean, it's a league that we love. It's a league that we want to see grow. And this is our way of hoping to, you know, help it succeed in some kind of fashion or keep it relevant. But I think also too, I think we come from the understanding, like we know that these guys are the experts. We're not here to necessarily like analyze or critique as if we're like these other professional basketball players. We come with more of the mindset, like this is what we saw, you know, this is what we watched. This is what we think could be better, but we're not here to necessarily like 
try to be like any kind of experts like we see nowadays. I feel like everyone's kind of an armchair expert in some capacity in the basketball world, um, which is fine to an extent. Obviously, it, it's also a content thing. But um, for us, it's all about just hoping to see the big three grow and, and, and showing people like, hey, these guys, it's, it's one, not a league full of retired people. This is a league of very talented basketball players that some of them you might not be able to even see. And it's something you should check out. So um, that all being said, that's one long winded answer for, we appreciate that, especially like Will said, coming from your background. Yeah. And I think that's exactly it. I mean, a part of my motivation is like, I, I still play this year has been tough. There hasn't been gyms, but like, you know, I'd be up, uh, generally like five 30 in the morning to go and I'm getting in a morning run before I, before I go to work, but also just the guys that I have played with over the years, it was sort of that unspoken thing to where we get up in the morning, we'd run fives, you know, and people were like, why do you do it? I was like, man, cause I love the game and I'm never going to not play basketball. I wish I played in the NBA, but I knew I got to a certain point where I was like, all right, the NBA is not in the cards for me. I'm going to pursue, like, what else am I into on it? I still love the game and I love sports. So I'll look at media and like where I can, where I can find my, my niche in my lane. Um, and that, that's sort of been the, the, the motivation all along. Um, but I've never stopped playing. So yeah. in fact, during the pandemic, I bought a hoop so I could just get shots up, you know, outside by myself. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's it. Just, just keep loving it, keep doing it. And, uh, if there's a message for people, do what you love. And that's exactly what you guys are doing. For sure. No, 100%. definitely. What do they say in Uncle Drew? They're like, you don't get, uh, you don't stop playing because you get old. You get old because you stop playing, right? Is that what they say? Yeah. I think I think C Web said that in the movie. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, I also too, I wanted to end with this as well. This is at least my final oh. question. Um, you know, last off season we were sort of getting ready and we were, you know, believed there was going to be a 2020 season. We sort of, you know, we went out on a limb and we were ready to make asses of ourselves where we basically were under the impression when we were making rosters and doing power rankings that Nick Young was going to be on enemies. You know, we when we were like Nick Young's going to be on enemies. So tell if you can tell us right now, if you if that's not your liberty to sell, you don't have to. But, you know, was Swaggy P going to be rocking an enemies jersey? Ooh, uh, well, if Swaggy P Rock and Umi's jersey, you'd have to have some sort of fashion twist to it or like alternate color from <laughs> black and white. Um, I don't know if you guys seen the news, he's playing in China. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so he is doing that. I actually know that he really did like the construct of the big three. So I'll leave that as a hint. Okay. I also know that, um, I'll give you another hint. Coach Arenas would like him on his team. So, oh, mm. okay. Mm. Okay. That's very interesting. Love that hint. These are all things for the future. Who knows? But um, they're just, you know, crystal ball kind of things. But yeah, I mean, look, Nick can hoop uh, anywhere and mm-hmm. get buckets anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he'd do very well in the league. I think he has a lot more basketball uh, left in the tank. And he'll do well in China because it's about volume scoring over there. And, um, you know, where he goes after that, we shall see. Stay tuned. <laughs> well, that's going to be one hell of a dynamic. I was going to say. Gilbert Arenas, player Nick Young. <laughs> well, and also, too, we're still waiting for, like, that. That's, first... a, that's a show in itself. That's yeah, another, yeah. like, a whole other... <laughs> 
Well, I was just like, you know, we're still waiting for that guy who's like the the four-point king. I don't think we've seen enough guys like want to go out on that limb and just start taking a bunch of four-point shots. But I think if there was anyone to do it, it would be Swaggy P. Nick Young. So. I get, do we, do you guys know the stats? Is Joe Johnson, uh, is Mike Bibby's the all-time leader, right? Yes. Yes. Mike and Bibby's the all-time leader. Yeah. Did Joe have the most in a season though? I think Mike had the most in yeah. a season and that's what's making him the all-time leader. I just mm-hmm. think that Joe Johnson is definitely the leader in like game winning, like contested four point shots. <laughs> so I think no. he gets, I think he gets that a little bit a of fact, a boost. Yeah. yeah. I think he gets a little bit of a boost in everybody's minds yeah. because we're like, oh my God, like he must make this every day. But really, like it's Mike Bibby. And I'm pretty sure I'm trying to think who it was. I think like Silas or even like Mike Taylor isn't too far behind him. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Deshaun Stevenson would be another one. Yes. Yeah. I know I know he's getting the attempts up there. I don't know how, how many he's made, but <laughs> um he, he's another guy that fits the that fits the league very well. He's a great, great dude too, by the way. No doubt. Um, and, you know, hopefully we could see all those guys playing in the big three in some sort of capacity in 21. But uh, Coach Arenas, we'll be sure to keep that in mind. Nonetheless, uh, we appreciate you coming on, dropping a little bit of big three knowledge and, and, and sharing some of your stories. Uh, really looking forward to what you guys do with the No Chill podcast. And, you know, honestly, this was, this was fun for us. So we hope we can do this again. Thank you guys. Anytime, anytime. And I'm big fans of yours too. So keep doing what you do. Appreciate that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.